Nothing. Is that ginger beer? Yep. You guys got uh, some mules going around? Uh, Other than bourbon. Yeah. Kentucky mule. Kentucky mule. Season four, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Bottom of the Bill. Are you guys stoked for a new episode or what? I'm very excited. Do the cricket sound. That is no representation of what this of what today's episode's about. Who's our guest? Kika the Brave. Hey, Kika the Brave. This is one of my favorite guests. Elon Hires, man. Yeah. Awesome dude. Super talented. Uh, Finally got a synthesizer player going. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, I know. Uh, so Elon plays drums in Cowford, but also has this new project called Kika the Brave. They just released. He just released a new single. Uh, make sure you guys check that out. I love this episode. It was really cool. We got to talk about his recording process and. Uh, my favorite part was uh, which decade can go fuck itself as far as music goes. And uh, let us know what you think is the best decade in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> like and subscribe. Yeah. Um, we also had some pretty cool uh, bottom of the billboard topics yeah. uh, this this weekend. Uh, obviously, the uh, unpopular opinions are always my favorite segment. Yeah, they're pretty good this time around. Yeah. So uh, make sure you guys uh, watch the whole episode. It was really cool. And check out Kiki the Brave. He's got a lot of great stuff going on. Check out Calford. Check out pretty much anything anything he does. This guy is super talented. Season four, it starts now. Bottom of the bill. This is Bottom of the Bill. Where we talk about the modern grind of a musician. Album cycle. Oh, hold on, Bill. Give me a second, man. Because we don't know what we're talking Spotify about. Spotify playlist. You keep interrupting me. That's not how we discussed it. Just give me a second, man. We invite established artists Festival on Festival lineups. Can I just get my stuff out real quick? We invite established artists on to share their strategy to success. Marketing strategy. The premier do-it-yourself podcast. Hashtag DIY. Aw, oh, screw it. This is Bottom of the Bill. bottom of the bill today we've got ilan hires i can't believe i just i just asked you your fucking <laughs> i'm the worst anyways ilan hires uh on the podcast hey thanks for being here today bro we thanks. appreciate it yeah thanks for having me absolutely we do a quick cheers we never do this but we're doing this we're bringing it back bring it back all right Neato. so ilan is a musician producer and songwriter Currently plays drums at Jacksonville-based band Calford and has recently released a few EDM singles under the moniker Kika the Brave, now available on all platforms. You're also a firefighter, a dad, mm -hmm. a husband, yeah. all these things. How do you manage your time, man? One task at a time. One day at a time. I feel like you seem like you're very good at time management. I'm not really. You're not? No, <laughs> I just I, I try to achieve balance and I end up going like really hard with one thing for a long time and then like... I got to go back and play catch up with other things. Yeah, it's but like, it works out. Yeah. Word. Well, um, I wanted to, uh, well, before anything else, uh, you just played Swanee Rising. So by mm -hmm. the time this comes out, this will come out in like a month from now. But either way, you just played Swanee Rising. Uh, how was that experience? Amazing. Yeah. Like, uh, Paul does phenomenal with those things. Like, every artist that played was just great. We just bounced back from stage to stage and just see people that can like throw down on their instruments and then just the people that go there are like really welcoming of like newcomers and everything. So just 
feels like another home to us, even though we've only been there once. Yeah, it has, has a way of doing that for sure. Yeah. I really miss the, like, the old school, I, and I can't even believe I'm saying old school, like, Swanee festivals, but that's what it felt like, right? Where mm -hmm. it was just, like, just those two stages, and you just, everybody's just, like, on a train. That's the funnest part, yeah. when you're um, uh, completely sober, and uh, going back and forth between those two stages, this was a lot of fun. That's the funnest part, when you're sober? I was yep. being sarcastic. Oh, I got you. Uh, yeah. But it's just like you're in like a like a herd of cattle or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I only went to Wani, I think, back in 2017. That was a pretty solid one, though. Yeah, of course. Like all those big festivals that they have there now are like they're incredible and the production's amazing. But something about the little guys. Well, that technically, what do you consider like a small festival? Would I consider Wani kind of small? It's like 5,000 people. Really? Yeah. I thought it was way bigger than that. I don't think so. Are you sure? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what this weekend was. But like Halloween, I don't know if I could handle that. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah. It was it was ridiculous. I'll show you some videos of the uh, uh, Halloween like main stage that they had out yeah. in the field, and it's just like there's too many people. Yeah. yeah, but it was it was incredible. Like I don't know, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but yeah, there's just like twenty thousand people right in front of you. Like, yeah, what the hell. We, we played in 2018. <laughs> it was uh, I think it's it's debatable on the exact number, but I think it's some capped out somewhere around thirty thousand. And I camped for the whole weekend, and I can say for sure that I'll never do that again. Yeah. Because we didn't play till Saturday, and I got there on Wednesday, Ooh. and that was bad. Rookie mistake, yeah. dude. Yeah, it was rookie mistake. The first time playing at the park. I bet those porta potties were full to uh, the top. Oh yeah, I mean, it was, not to mention you don't sleep for three days because I won't yeah. mention who, but I was camping with some very fun people. Oh, I love yeah. love all you guys, but <laughs> it was a while. I will never do that again for, before a show. I know a guy that doesn't sleep much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had Calford Seco. Great. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't the jab, but yeah. <laughs> he was rested this time. <laughs> he had a lot of fun at Halloween when we played with him too. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh so anyways, let's get to the uh, new music. So you're releasing some music under Kika the Brave moniker. Yeah. Uh what's inspired that what what inspired that name? Uh so my son, his name is Kona. Um, he's three years old, but when he was first learning how to talk, he couldn't say his name. So I was like, hey, what's your name? Kika. I Kika. I was like, okay. <laughs> so it just stuck. Kika the Brave. I like that. It's very cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, and it's like EDM style. Would you consider like EDM music? Uh, I mean, it's electronic-based. Uh, I would say more IDM than EDM. Yeah, I didn't want to correct you either on that, but it's definitely IDM. It's intelligent dance music. Okay, I've never heard that before. <laughs> That's so. what it is. So it's like, instead of like four on the floor, broken beat, it's like, basically, if you don't have access to record drums and you need to program them, it's more, you know, normal drum beats. It's not like four on the floor housey stuff. It's uh, more post-rock oriented than anything i did notice that when i was listening to it i was going to ask you if you had played drums on it but you programmed all that stuff mm -hmm. okay cool yeah. um and what was the inspiration for doing uh this these singles and for the style of music in general i mean i've been trying to do it since i was like 16 maybe but i never really had the resources or the like know-how to do it um i started doing like edm production back in 2000 eight i guess and i really started to hone my production skills and then started playing bass and then kind of picked up the guitar a little bit more and i was able to actually get all my ideas down and produce them in like a you know decent record 
I mean, it sounds great, man. Yeah, all all really the performances does. are awesome, and uh, the production's great. Um, so, so you played all the instruments on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you, because I know you went to UNF, did you learn all these instruments at school, or did you just pick them up yourself and tried to figure it out? Um, I went to JU. Oh, JU, sorry, not UNF. Go Dawkins. My bad. My bad. But uh, <laughs> it's all good. Uh, no, I started playing guitar when I was like, Probably 12. My dad got me a Strat because I wanted to be like Jimi Hendrix. Nice. And uh, I played drums. Got those when I was seven. And bass I picked up when I was about 22, 23. And, yeah, just started playing them, I guess. None of them I feel like good enough to be in a band with yet. But as far as producing, I can sit down and make some good noise with them, you know? <laughs> well, it, it, uh, not, not to like take away from like the process of making this kind of music, but it does make it a little bit easier when the, the whole thing is done electronically because you mm -hmm. can just get the notes that you're going for and then exactly. just start splicing and moving things around as you need them. You yeah. Know? I mean, I'm no Anton. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be in the <laughs> studio, bro. Trust me. No. Yeah. 12 yeah. hours on one guitar solo. Let's talk about it. I wonder, uh, have you ever recorded that way where it's just like very, very digital at all? Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you like it better than trying to do it in one take and everything like that? No. Now, do you no. think that's pride? No. Or do you think that's because it's harder? I am really prideful, though. Yeah, there you go. That's definitely what uh, No, but I think that for my, my purpose, um, I hate the technical stuff. Mm -hmm. I like being in the studio and trying to hear the ideas and then describing those ideas mm -hmm. and have the engineer do the work. Yeah. The tech, like, like when the software starts to fuck up or something's not working right, or if I'm like hitting like the wrong things, it drives me so crazy that I can't be creative. Yeah. So that's why I personally, I just don't like it. I got you. I just think somebody who's like so obsessed with like production and the way it's, it's just like all electronic music is production. No, and, you I, know and, what I, mean? and I really mm -hmm. appreciate uh, the the art of co composing it and and yeah. the music itself. I don't want to sit there and push the buttons though. It, I love doing that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm curious uh, because of the way that this is done. Mm -hmm. It's it's also layered and like the the, the possibilities are endless. When do you uh, decide that it's done? Uh, that's that's hard. That uh, it's actually probably. What takes me the longest time to get a song out is just to decide when it's done. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> a lot of times I'll lay down like the foundation and then I'll leave it alone for like two weeks and go to something else. And I'll come back and I'll try to sort out what is the main theme of this song and what's the supporting aspects and what is the backbone. And if I can clearly hear that two weeks later, rock on. And then I like to keep them. You know, I hate to use like time as like a measurement, but like around five minutes, you know, just I try to keep it interesting. If it stops being interesting, if I can't come up with any more parts and it's getting too long, that's it. Yeah, that's a good, that's probably like the best metric to, to, to go by, I think. Because it's, it's one thing like when you're writing a song and you're in the studio writing for a band or something because you know like live we're not going to be doing all of this or live. This isn't going to happen. So maybe we don't want to record it. Mm -hmm. But in your scenario, it's like the majority of the people listening are going to be listening to on the record or like on the album or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's like my brain would just go crazy, like over, overload. Like you can do what? Okay. Let's fucking go for it. Yeah. yeah. It, that's the thing about being in the box, man. You got to, 
you have this whole world of possibilities to use, and you just have to use some. I'll use a church word, discernment. Discernment. <laughs> Is that church what, for restraint? I think so. Yeah. That's what they taught me in church school. Church school. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, it works out. I mean, I've come out with some tracks that I haven't released that are complete garbage. So really, yeah. Let's hear them. We'll play them. We're going to play them right now. Go ahead and just throw it in. We'll yeah, cut ahead. it. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. come back. That, this will be my last appearance. Do you remember, <laughs> do you remember uh, when Aphex Twin just like just kind of vanished forever and then just yeah. like just came out with a new album like mm -hmm. uh, almost, called almost 20 years later, right? Yeah. Uh, he never stopped making music. He just stopped putting it out. So he just has albums, like an insane amount of albums just yeah. ready to go. That's really smart. Uh, uh, a good rule of thumb. Uh, Boys, can you look up who the creator of Rick and Morty is? I forgot the Justin Roiland. Justin Roiland. Uh, he got interviewed at a pa panel at, at like a Comic Con or something like that. And he said uh, one of the uh, uh, best things you could do is give yourself a time limit, like a week or something like that, to make something if it's like a day or whatever, and then move away from it and never come back mm -hmm. to it. And then you'll get in the habit of like this is done, stamp and approval. Yeah. So that's a good rule of thumb. Well, just just to get you in the habit of of like. All right, let's let's move on to something else. You know, yeah. otherwise you'll be like Tool or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> Good <laughs> reference. Yeah, um, it's too early for reference. I'll keep going. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, so, are you planning on on doing a live version of this project? Absolutely. So I gave myself uh, about a year to write and figure out the live show. It's going to be probably the most difficult live performance I've ever had to do because it's like you said, everything's so layered. It's going to be hard to figure out what to play live, how to do it live, and I have to find musicians that are okay playing. Keyboardists? I, I, hey, man. I mean, I'm in. I love chill wave know? stuff. Tycos, like, I, I love this genre of music, too. Yeah. I love when Billy like just offers up his services yeah. and just gets rejected every time. Oh, it's that's not right. Getting Sorry. It's, not getting rejected. <laughs> it's just yes. It's just it's funny because like you have this way of asking people like in the most like the weirdest places because like what? they don't they don't respond like in the right oh. way. Sometimes it's just like, why would you ask right now or like hey, you know, right on internet TV yeah. right in front of America? Yeah, <laughs> all of America. <laughs> But Billy, yes, that's a possibility. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> so good, man. I just really like the music as well. Sorry. Uh, so what do, what do you think you, you want the instrumentation to be live? Uh, Where are you leaning right now? I mean, right now I have a buddy of mine, Mason, from back in the DJ days. He's picking up the bass parts right now. Um, definitely a drummer. Um, Maybe and, you? I don't want to play drums. You all play drums? I'm tired, man. You know, I've been performing for years, and nobody's ever seen my shoes on stage because I've been behind something. It's tragedy. You know? You and Bill wear the same shoes. I know. Yeah. It's kind of wild, Shoe man. Friends. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, I didn't I didn't write all this music to play drums. I like I like playing drums, but I'm trying to get my Dave Grawl on, you know? I feel you. I'm trying to get out there, see what it's like at the front of the stage. I hear it's not very fun. I mean, I got a forearm tattoo, so I can play guitar live now. Nice, bro. You and I can do the thing. See? I mean, yours is way cooler than mine. I got but... both sides. No, it's not. <laughs> I actually drew this that. one myself. You did? Yeah, I drew that. Artist just traced it on there. That's... This one I didn't draw, though. That's pretty dope, though. This is actually a heart, but it's made out of instruments. Made out of it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I dig it. So there you got the ventricles. Got the uh, aorta and the vena cava up here. The trumpets. Very technical. Oh, yeah. That's cool awesome, piece. man.
now you saw the podcast with Nat and Steve. I did. Where he dressed up as as Anton. As Anton. Oh no, wait, it was a different podcast. But he, uh, it was if anybody. No, that one. no, no, no. There's a different one. Sorry, I think it was with Max. Uh, where uh, if nobody uh, said anything in that episode, that you had to get the same no fear tattoo on that arm, and I think that would be the funniest thing in the world. Yeah, I probably won't do that, but um, <laughs> no fear anywhere, no. <laughs> Not this arm or that arm. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, world. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, it's funny, man. Uh, I have the exact opposite where it's I, I, I don't want to. Like, I want to know. I want to remember what it's like to be like not center stage anymore. Yeah. You know, we, we just rearranged our whole stage setup now where it's kind of like a half circle kind of thing. So now I'm like That's off cool. to the side and I'm singing, but I feel like I'm a part of the band rather than like being in front of the band. It's way better for me. That's cool. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, I haven't seen you guys in a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had a, a couple of comments about that. Uh, not not me personally, but people come up to me and they said it looks cool, but it looks very empty in the middle. Looks empty in the middle. Let's yeah. bring Aaron more center stage. I don't know. I don't Put know a plant there. <laughs> we'll bring uh, what do you call this guy? Chuck. Chuck. We'll bring Chuck with us. Yeah. Okay. Well, there we'll, you go. it'll be like a like a like a funk band meets between two ferns kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Be like the Talking Heads and just bring a standing lamp like that. Oh, that's in good the center. Yeah. yeah. That could be a very cool aesthetic. Yeah, it looks uh, when he's doing the like a game of Clue or something. I don't know why. I <laughs> yeah. Really yeah. Our music <laughs> screams Clue. <laughs> <laughs> No, don't think about it too hard, Bill. Sorry, yeah. I don't know. I was just thinking of, like, also, like, all of us being, like, front like that. You know, like, horizontal. That'd be weird. Yeah, but so it's a semicircle. But it's weird as a semicircle, too. I don't think so. I like the semicircle <clears throat> idea. Okay. Let's hash this out right now. All right. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Um, <laughs> so- <laughs> you brought it up, dude. It's not like I... All right. <laughs> um, so... Do you think that uh, you want to pursue this more full time? Like this isn't just like a side project for you. This is something you really want to pursue. Um, see where it goes. It's just something that I felt like I needed to do. You know, because the IDM thing I fell in love with back in like the early two thousands. We saw this band called Limbic System live. I don't know if you ever heard of them. I've never heard of them. But it was two brothers. One of them passed away, unfortunately. But they, uh, just two guys. They got this crazy good sound just with two people and I saw what was possible and then from there I just had to get enough money to buy stuff you know to make it happen but I mean we'll see what happens you know yeah well it's I mean the music is great man I really really enjoyed it I mean I would put it on just to listen to I really dig it thank you um, do you have anything else on that subject matter there, Bill, that you want to talk oh, about? I, I love it, and I love the playlist that you put together that's on the Spotify page. It's like oh. my, one of my, all my favorite, like, Ports of Canada. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you have yeah. a full playlist on Spotify? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. that it, but it's it's not a, it's a playlist of songs that you like. Yeah, yeah I made it. That's that what I'm saying. Like yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. Sun Bears, I don't know what happened to them, but. Yeah, he actually, Jonathan, um, he does my master. That's awesome. Yeah, from that from that project. Yeah, his his band, his first band was who really got me into like the audio visual style shows called Bernard. I don't know. Are you guys from Jacksonville originally? No. no. Uh, well, they were like they were dope. They were like kind of piano rockish, I guess you could say. But they were like their show was just so immaculate from the beginning, and I was like being a young kid, I was like, this is amazing. This is like some grown up stuff. Yeah. <laughs> And then their music was good, and I don't know what happened. Now he's he's working with Johnny Swim now, I think, out in L.A. 
That's pretty dope. Yeah. But he produced this? He did the mastering. He did the mastering yeah, on it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's pretty cool. I was going to ask you, how did, how, um, how are you re not recording, but programming the drums for that? Because I uh, thought for sure, like you're a drummer, you were playing it live. Right? No. Um, that would be, I probably will once the project gets a little bit more serious. But right now, I'm just using a uh, launch pad. Launch, and then you're playing. You're playing. Well, yeah, finger drumming. Okay, so you are. Fi okay, that's yeah. what I say because it doesn't sound like it's like extremely like. Yeah, I, I did that in the beginning, but the quantization it like takes all the life out of yep. it. You know, it makes it sound fucking straight. I, <laughs> there's so many schools I never of thought. Of, oh, that's great though. That's a good. Okay, never keep going. There's a lot of schools of thought on that, and I'm like the exact opposite. I want it to be like fucking right on it yeah well the time yeah yes. but the dynamics you know what i mean that's the other thing too like i have a uh i was helping a friend of mine produce a track back in like december for something that they were doing and his whole thing was like well I, you know it doesn't don't worry so much about the dynamic of 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 the drums just uh you know let's just get the parts down i'm like yeah but it should all be the same kind of attack on it you know and mm -hmm. he, well that takes all the life out of it and my my whole thing was like well it's an, it's an electronic track so why not just make sure that's as close to perfect as possible you know what i mean that's, it has its place yeah but were you was it somebody that played live drums and you're trying to it was all programmed from it was the all beginning? programmed from the beginning yeah because hmm. like that that's just like you, like you go in there and you watch it say like, well if you don't hit the the, the, the trigger pad, pad as hard then you like you don't get the same kind of you know dynamic range or whatever or you get whatever it doesn't have the same kind of attack so to me if you're listening to a, to an, uh, an electronic song mm -hmm. that's what you're looking for right like, like that kind of per perfection anyway so that's what i would want to hear i wouldn't want to hear like a snare hit that that sounds one way and then all of a sudden sounds like it dropped out a couple decibels on the oh, next yeah. one you know yeah i mean there's you know you can be tasteful about it too i mean it's not like you're playing like a like meso piano and then fucking way up here but right. it's just to have a little bit of variation it makes see. it groove harder so do you do you actually go in and like do that yourself like make it have that kind of a uh velocity velocity there you go i do that with the uh with the launch pad yeah okay i can do the finger drumming and like for the kick drum like you said i want that to be pretty much the same dynamic to have the you know the balls but the snare just give it a little bit of life not much variation, but just a little bit of variation so that it sounds alive a little bit. Now, do you hit it that way on purpose, or do you go in and, like, fix the velocity? I hit it that way on purpose. Oh, okay. To an extent. And, I mean, if it sounds crazy, I'll go in and fix it. But I tr that was the reason for me switching over to the launch pad versus just clicking and dragging everything in there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, that's pretty cool, though. Um, well, this is a, a great transition into our bottom of the billboard artist because, speaking of a band that does – crazy work in the studio mm -hmm. uh and that bill liked to reference or did reference earlier yeah. is tool yeah mm -hmm. um so today the bottom of the billboard song that i'm recommending is tool right into mm -hmm. off the Ten Thousand days record that was the one that was the one that they stopped making music or not stopped making music but they it was not the last one they came out with, right? Yeah, not not the, not the newest one. The one came out, which is hilarious that. because the new album should be called Ten Thousand Days" because that's how long it took to write the second album. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a bigger meaning behind but, uh, the other one, but yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, I love this song. 
there's a lot of there's a lot there to like really go into as to why I love it so much. There's you know rhythmically what's happening. Danny Carey is just a genius. Makes eleven eight feel like four four. Yeah, ex- exactly <laughs> right. You know what's cool is because like they do they emphasize it's like some kind of like percussion like like a chime or like a bell or or something where they hit on the they hit on the two of the of that last uh, the top of the phrase. So it kind of implies this like four four thing. It's like going over the bar a little bit. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is super cool. Uh, and then Maynard, the way he just seamlessly sings over these odd times, signatures are insane. Um, but this song in particular, I, I love the lyrics so much too. Like very deep and poetic. There's a line where he says, um, uh, "What's what's the uh, the first repugnant is a creature that would." Squander the ability to lift an eye to heaven, conscious of their fleeing time here. It's like, what a fucking brilliant line. And yeah. He's like an atheist, you know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. crazy. And the fact that, like, I, I was looking up the uh, songwriting process because I had it backwards, I believe, when we were talking a little while ago, that the band actually takes forever, and Maynard is the one that doesn't take a long time writing the lyrics. I, I thought it was the other way around, that the band's like, all right, come on, man, write lyrics to this. No, it's the it's, band. It's the band takes forever, yeah. and then uh, the band comes up with the whole song, and then Maynard writes lyrics on top, which is uh, wild to me that, mm. that that's the way that, that they write songs. Yeah. But it's so funny that, uh, okay, so, but you really love it, and that, that's the rest of it. Yeah, Do you yeah. want my opinion about it? Yeah, of course. I, the, uh, uh, the music is awesome. The time signature is crazy, and it's like 11, 8 the whole way. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm, I figured it out, and I was like, I got Especially it. Especially when they break down, going like, like you know, like the tabla the, stuff. And yeah. Just, what What are they playing? The the instrument on the like percussion tabla. solo. Definitely what tab- is that? Yeah, tabla. Like an Indian. Like they put water in that thing. It uh, sounds like there's water. In yeah. That thing. I don't. I actually don't know. Chris might know that the answer to that question. Um, there is not. There's not. Okay. Okay. But they use their palm to like push down on it. That's how you get that. Push. Oh, that That's thing. Yeah. I know what he's talking about. Doesn't it sound like there's water in there? It does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. <laughs> All right. Show Show Bill. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty neat. I'm not sure if Danny Carey was actually playing tablas on that or if they had another percussionist, but I think that he was. We could probably find that out. Sure. Anyways, uh, uh, but I um, uh, I think that was cool. It's a long song. It was like eight minutes yeah. long. So it, uh, I'm not a huge Tool fan. I like not saying that there's, like, I don't know. I just don't know much about Tool or listen to many of their songs or anything like that because yeah. I, I just didn't get into it. But the the music's great. Uh, it's the lyrics for me, man. It's like extremely contrived. What do you mean? All they do is it, talk about monkeys and getting <laughs> thumbs, and then that's and we're just monkeys. We're just monkeys. It sounds like Joe Rogan's favorite song. Uh, Stoned Ape Theory yeah. album. Yeah. Well, he's exactly. <laughs> he's talking about like the. Oh, I get what he's talking about. That's how it's so contrived. It, yeah. <laughs> It's contrived. He wrote the lyrics ahead of time. It's contrived. It's yeah. contrived. Like you know where you got the like. It's like it's very very. It's not deep. Like where it's it, it's not that the, the concept. <laughs> that's is what. Deep. Not saying that it, yeah, it's, the concept's it, not deep. It's the way that he puts the words together that's deep. He says like like a hundred times like I'm I got monk uh, the God made monkeys and then gave him thumbs and now this is the way we are. That's basically what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> the whole the whole thing. Yeah. There's, there's yeah, poetry, but like it's not poetic. It's <laughs> very poetic. You have to go back and listen to it again. I listened to it twice and then I read the lyrics like several times. I'm like, I think he says monkey one more time. Like, you can't come up with anything. You have a else. theme, huh? You have a theme. He tries to stick with a the theme. I'm just saying it's just a little, it's a little contrived. The 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 the, <laughs> the concept itself is anything crazy, and the uh, 
Um, but I think the way he puts the words together are amazing, and and, and the melody, like the way he's singing, yeah, you know, it's all no, really like, catchy. The music, the song, like I was still gonna give it a thumbs up uh, without a doubt. I just that's I, no I just, the words. No, it's not even that. It's just the way that you said that the lyrics is what does it for me. I'm just like, you gotta be kidding me. No, man, because there's a difference between the concept of 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 what they're talking about versus like the way the words are put together and how you describe that concept, right? Like that's the difference. It doesn't have to be a deep concept to be able to explain something in a in art in an artistic way. Yeah. Right. No, I totally I totally get it. And actually there's a couple a couple of lyrics where it actually is like deep, like with the one that you said. But yeah. like it it's like eight minutes of him talking about monkeys getting thumbs. Yes. <laughs> I swear to God. What do you think of Elon? I was all about the instrumentation. Yeah. Uh, that's kinda where I live. Yeah. I can't sing. I mean I listen to vocals that, you know, sometimes they're powerful. Yeah. But the eleven eight, it took me like little bit to figure out you know what was happening i had to kind of subdivide but yeah danny carey is a man he's like one of the most revered drummers ever yeah uh to me for a long time uh that was like the sound that a drum like every drummer should just sound like have that sound specifically not the way that he plays mm -hmm. necessarily just like the sound of his drums yeah it's like i think he uses like sonars yeah yeah and, he does and uh also thomas lang uses them he has that same sound. You ever heard Thomas Lang? I don't think so. He's like super technical. Who's he play with, or just his just, own? He's just one of those guys, you know. Yeah. Like what? Just just a badass. You, you can find him here, or there, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's wild to me how Danny Carey can, and there and there's a lot of drummers that do this, but in in their genre of like a prog rock thing, that he can make everything feel so obtainable. Mm-hmm with by being so complex like he's using co complexity to give the, the the average listener like the groove exactly you know yeah, what i mean which yeah. is insane the, he, the way he subdivides is, is crazy yeah he establishes pocket with like some crazy shit and that's like that's an art in itself yeah totally uh do we find out if he played tablas on that he did yeah he did okay yeah just also super talented just yeah. whatever he wants to do that guy where would uh, where would you find yourself listening to this song? Uh, well, I you used particularly to, me. I would listen to this album on the way to work every morning. Uh, the whole Ten Thousand Days album when I was working at Sam Ash, and I would just get and um, and I would just get really stoned on the way to work and blast that record. And that song in particular, uh, just I don't know what it was about it. It just everything that I mentioned, I guess. I, I want to listen to more Tool to like to hear like the, the crazy like song instrumentation but it's just like the one last thing i'll say about it, it seems like they're just they've made it complicated just to make it complicated almost the, the, riff, the riff too the riff like the instrumentation you think they made that complicated uh no just the, the whole 11 8 thing yeah i guess that's what you're trying to say like but it's i i still love it i think it grooved i think that's grooves hard what yeah. they do I yeah but how long how long was it between the Ten Thousand Days album and the other one? Well, that, that one, the the newest one the came new out one? what last year I think or two years ago. I think, yeah, it was like so. I think it was longer than that. Um, Ten Thousand Days came out in two thousand six. Yeah. So it's just crazy to me though, like how long they take to write songs. Yeah. It's wild. I listen to that shit though. I mean, I can imagine. And I don't think they're all like really ever in the same room. I think they're all sending tracks back and forth mm -hmm. a lot of the time. I, I was crazy. I was reading about it because I wanted to make sure I got it right. But no, the band does. They're all together. But Maynard just lives on a wine winery. What do you call it? You got that right? Wine Grove. Anyways, vineyard. vineyard. Thank yeah. you. No, it's a wine grove. I got it's it right. A wine. 
<laughs> and uh, uh, they uh, and he just like just let me know when you're done with the song, and I'll write lyrics for it. Yeah, and probably just pass them out in like a week. Yeah, yeah. I'll be mashing these grapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, that, it's no wonder that guy has to like uh, do other things because his band doesn't write songs at yeah. times. Like, bro, I mean, I want to do this, but I need, <laughs> I can't wait twelve years to write a record. <laughs> Yeah, his wines. wine on the television. Yeah, right? his yeah, wines he, are he, pretty. I mean, some of them are pretty expensive. Yeah, he makes wine. I'll take that twenty seven ninety nine right there. We though. should we should get them That's to sponsor speed. the podcast. That's we're. I mean, we're giving them plugs right now. I know, right? Oh, it's a it's a vineyard. Sorry, that's Chupacabra Red. What? <laughs> sounds a little cynical, but I'm into it. Have you heard his Trivia other band? Uh, he plays in um, fuck. What's the name of this band? Uh, can you guys look that up real quick? It's uh, a. other band. No, it, yeah, but there, I can't remember. Uh, I was going to say real quick, like, I think he, he, made, he started a, a vine, vineyard in spite of the band to be like, hey, guess what? While you were writing an album, one song, I had enough time to age Pussifer. wine. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. Oh, Pussifer? Yeah. Yeah, Pussifer's amazing, they're too. They're dope. Another band that uses really weird, odd times, just in a different way. Uh, Pussifer, they'll have albums, uh, or not albums, shows where there'll be live wrestling behind them. Yeah, they just fucking amazing. Shit. <laughs> or it's like mm. professional wrestling, sorry. And they also have a, um, they have a, an actual brick and mortar store of just Pussifer merch also in LA. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, guy, he's, he's a genius in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, anyways, that was a long bottom of the billboard. Yep. But that was, I, it know, gets on. It's on? Yeah. Dope. I like yeah. the song. Yeah. Hell yeah. I don't know when I'll ever listen to it, but... <laughs> I listen to it like five times. Whatever it takes me to get here from the airport, I listen to it. Nice. Do you live by the airport? Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. Um, yeah, that whole album, actually, you know, most Tool fans, if you're like a real Tool fan, that's not the album that you listen to. You listen to like, the early, like, you know... It's uh, always the early stuff. It's always the early stuff. But to me, that's that's the one where... Where I discovered them mm-hmm. because I didn't, uh, you know, whatever sober and like all the, the they're like their bigger songs that came <laughs> out and Undertow, the, like one of their earlier records. It's all really good, but I didn't connect with that. I listened to this record and I was like, this is a happy medium of of melody yeah. and like progressive rock, you know. So that one just hit me. Um, anyways, back to you, our Here guest. Right, we have a guest on today. Right yeah. Here. <laughs> So I'm curious, uh, I want to kind of get into the Calford stuff a little bit. How did you get linked up with Nat? I met Nat in high school. Really? Yeah. Remember earlier I said I learned it in church school? Yeah, church school. Is that your high school? Yeah, we went to Trinity Christian Academy. Isn't that where you went? I went to Providence, so oh, okay. I feel your pain. Yeah, we played in chapel band together. <laughs> oh, okay. And, uh, yeah. Did you play drums? Mm-hmm. And you played play guitar? guitar? Yep. That's pretty dope. Uh, so what, he just like, because... He had Delta Wolf before, right? Mm-hmm. And I forget who was playing drums for that. Uh, I think it was Josh Brown, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're right. But uh, I actually saw that band. That's when I saw Nat for the first time in like eight years or something. Oh. I was a bouncer at the club <laughs> playing that. Really? Yeah. What club was it? It was uh, Harmonious Monks at oh. the Beach. Yeah. yeah would you call that a club? What would yeah. you call that? I would call that, it used to be a pizza restaurant. Well, uh, I had to bounce some people out of there, so I was a bouncer. No, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> he called it a front, is that what he said? Definitely a front. That place. Oh, it was great. Jack's Beach used to have a ton of free people playing music, and now yeah. it has just the, uh, the best place to go. Blue Jay. <laughs> I yeah. love Blue Jay, yeah. One awesome. of our sponsors, by the yeah. way. Um, so, 
that so you, they were playing there or what? He was just hanging out there. They were playing there. They were yeah. Playing there. Okay. Yeah. And I saw him live, and then I moved to Riverside, and I saw him in Publix, and they asked me to come jam. That's how it all happened. Yeah. What made you want to um, get involved with this kind of music, given that your background seems to be a little bit different? Uh, I mean, I've kind of played everything <clears throat> over the years, but I mean, Nat's voice. Like, I heard him singing Delta Wolf, and I was like, yep. And then I found out Steve was in it, and I was like, yep. Yeah. This is where I want to be. So Totally. Yeah, those guys make it easy. And how do you think your background, or like, you know, you do a lot of the electronic stuff. Do you think that that adds anything, or do you bring that influence to the table at all with them? Uh, that's not really an appropriate place in Calford to let that really shine through. Um my uh, jazz and funk chops kind of come out a little bit, you know, okay. as far as the the flavor of some of the songs, you know. For sure. Yeah, I mean, you fucking, like, just have, like, a, like a, a, I don't know, a very assertive, like, rock groove, man. Yeah, you said that. Like, the first time we played, you're like, man, you're so assertive on the drums. Yeah. Like, I appreciate that. Yeah, it just, it works. I mean, I... I I've only heard you play drums in that scenario, mm -hmm. so I would love to see you play like a, you, you play various styles, right? Yeah. I would love to see you in a, in another style. It would blow my mind to see you playing in like a jazz club, just like fucking. Because <laughs> with Calford, you're just like fucking balls to the wall playing the part, man. You know. Oh yeah, thank you. How much do you? How much of the influence do you have in the writing? Uh, actually, I wrote riffs that are coming out, like full riffs. Really? I wrote, yeah. Awesome. So, uh, more now, now that they know I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Would you just, like, hide the fact that you could play instruments for the role, you know, melodic instruments for a while? Not really. I mean, just, you know, since I haven't had the uh, exposure on those instruments, like, I don't really, I don't consider myself a guitarist. I consider myself a bassist. I consider myself a drummer that happens to be able to play those things. <laughs> right, right. You know? So... I just wrote the riffs and I uh, showed it to one of them one day and I'm like, that's pretty cool. So I started doing more of it. <laughs> nice. And it's kind of like in that vein or do you think it's adding something different? No, it's definitely in that vein. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's Calford all day. Cool. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. Uh, so what do you want to see happen with that band ultimately? Uh, well, we just got KP who is, he's already added so much. Oh, he's playing with you guys now? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. yeah on bass. Nice. He's, he, he's playing with you at the, oh my God, the block party, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, you guys were incredible. Thank you. I think, was that his first show with us? Might have been. But yeah, he's he's full-fledged Calvert member now. He signed the blood pact and everything, so. Nice. He's with us for life. I, You know, it looks like you guys would have that kind of scenario going on. <laughs> it just you know, does. There's some dark ceremonies. <laughs> so, uh, kind of on topic with that, actually, What's the band dynamic like, you know, non-musically? What do you, uh, is there, does Nat kind of handle everything or, or is the responsibility split up a little bit? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the, uh, you know, the spearhead of most of everything. But uh, he, he's pretty good at delegating and stuff, so. And what, 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 what responsibilities do you typically take on with them? Uh, I'm more of the online stuff, you know, that gets passed down to me. Um, Stuff like that. <laughs> what do you, how do you figure, like, 
how do you work it into your schedule with all the shit you got going on? And you just like, I don't know. It's just wild to me. <laughs> it's like there's, crazy. There's time. I mean, if we have the, co- I feel like the hardest thing is just getting content collected in one place where you can access it easily. So if it's there, there's nothing to like, you know, come up with an ad or run some type of promo. Yeah, that shit's easy. Yeah, it's just getting the time to get together all in one room and like take pictures or whatever you got to do. Yeah. So, you know, it's easier with Kiki the Brave stuff because it's just me. Right. <laughs> it's like, there's like just, yeah, no moving parts basically. Yeah. Or just at least you reduce them, which is a big thing. You got? Are you guys planning to tour or anything like that? Uh, we've got some more out of town stuff coming up. We've got, um, well, we're playing, this will probably come out after we play, but we're playing 1904, 15th yeah, this so, week. Oh, okay. so, so Friday. A couple of days, yeah. yeah Friday okay, with cool. Dean Winter and some other people that I'm forgetting. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> see this. They won't hear this until May, anyways, so <laughs> yeah. that's good. I went and it was really great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but we got playing in Tallahassee in June. And oh, where are you guys playing at? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> You're Betty. on top of it. Fire Betty. I don't know. I don't. It's probably uh, there's that other place called like the Will Wilbur or some shit like that. That sounded right. Yeah. That sounded right. Yeah. I just so much, I'm leaving town a couple times in between there for other stuff. So I'm just kind of I'm all over the place. Yeah. So. um what uh, kind of want to get to like your background, like where you come from, and all that stuff. Do you come from a musical family? No, no, Mm-mm, so, not at all. Uh, well, are you from Jacksonville? Yeah, I'm from Jax. Yeah. Okay, so what was it like? What, what were you hearing? What was around? You know? Well, my dad played music all the time. He played like Bob Marley and jazz. Uh, I mean, sorry, Dad, but it wasn't real jazz. It was that shit they played on the radio, like the smooth the jazz. Smooth jazz, it's a little fucking like like eighty Benson. Yeah, it was yeah. enough for me to hear trumpet. <laughs> It was enough for me to hear a muted trumpet, and that was all I needed, because yeah. then I found Miles Davis. So There you go. <laughs> uh, after that, um, I don't know. Like, in uh, high school, I was really into jazz, like, almost too much, so I became, like, an asshole. <laughs> I feel like everyone goes through that period. Yeah, I, I got pretty pretentious for a while, but then I was into, like, Coldplay. I was into... Interpol, I was into like some metal stuff, like Arch Enemy, Kill Switch Engage, all that. Well, I want to bring you back for a second. You yeah. said when you were in school, did, I thought you didn't you go to school for classical? Uh, well, I was in like a normal high school. Oh, so yeah. high school is when you started getting like 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 studying. Yeah, that's when I got into those types of music. And luckily, Fernandina, where I went, had a jazz band, okay. so they were able to like kind of nurture that. Um, and then from there, I went to Ju for music scholarship and was in the jazz like heavily but then i found out about math rock and all that other stuff and that was kind of my jumping off point when did you when do you think that you wanted to start playing music as a profession or when do you think you discovered music as a passion for you i mean when i was little like i always knew i wanted to do it like First time I heard like a drum line, I remember it like vividly. I was like five years old and I saw like the bass drum come by and I felt it like in my chest and I was like, I need to do this. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I have to do. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, was drums the first thing you started to play? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I got my first drum set when I was seven. And then my parents wanted me to learn to read music. They didn't play music, but they had like a good head. They were like, you need to learn to read music. So 
I got started playing saxophone when I was 10 and then played that all the way through middle school. When I got to high school, I got a guitar, started playing guitar and played drums all the way through college. Okay. That's awesome, man. And uh, what were like some of your early creative projects like? Were you in bands or were okay? Mm -hmm. uh, in high school, I was in a band called York. It was like kind of like a Coldplay ripoff. Okay, basically is what it was. This is like Coldplay and Radiohead played by teenagers. Nice. <laughs> so like almost like bad versions of that. <laughs> I mean, we thought it was good. Yeah, <laughs> at the time we played some. We played some good shows. We played with Manchester Orchestra in oh, Orlando yeah. before they hit it big. Um, that's where I found out about Bernard and Jonathan and all those guys. Um, and then I got into a math rock band, like late high school. And that was kind of where my chops started to really develop to where when I got to college, it was like, wasn't super hard to play the stuff. It was just kind of like, you know, you got a hot ride, now you got to learn to drive it. Right, right. I'm just kind of crazy all over the place with no real focus. Yeah, that's that. Well, that style of music is kind of uh, embodies that, right? I mean, because like it's very technical, but it's all got like a very specific purpose that it's trying to do. So mm -hmm. you can't just get in there and just start like like wanking. <laughs> you need to I can't be wanking all over the place. You can't be wanking all over the place. You got to fucking do some math and figure it out. You know what I mean? You ever see a uh, uh, battles play live before? No. Battles is one of my favorite uh, like math rock bands ever, but the drummer has a crash cymbal that I think is like, I would say it's about seven feet tall, and like just a riser on it, and he'll just go up like that and hit it like that. Can you find a picture of that voice? Because it's ridiculous. That does sound oh, ridiculous. Seven foot tall. Oh, you you mean like the, the stand? Okay, I thought I it's think it was like a seven foot symbol. It <laughs> no. sounds like a fucking rocker. Like a ding. No, no, no. It's <laughs> not like a like a gong or anything like that. Yeah. But <laughs> the fuck. That's as deep as my math rock knowledge goes. Mm. No, like on stage. Yeah, I mean that's it. Like it's it's up really high. That's, that's, but huh. but if you if you go to like him playing live or whatever on a yeah, what is he doing there? Not playing live? Yeah, he's like in a hey, studio. What? I mean, like at a show. What it? I don't agree with that. <laughs> I don't agree with what he's doing there. It's, yeah, there, like, you go, there you go. There's look, one. he's reaching up and looking for the symbol. Yeah. yeah, that's wild. Why, just, don't you, why don't you agree with that? It's ridiculous. That serves no function <laughs> at all. Well, it puts on a good show. It does it though. You, you know what? Do I, you need to see that? You, <laughs> I, you know what? I don't. And I'll give you an example of somebody who does. Uh, I love my dad to death. Okay, mm -hmm. my dad, and he's a musician, and is the reason why I'm playing music today. Right. However, he comes from like the the world of just straight rock and roll, like Led Zeppelin, fucking you know the Who, all that British yeah, rock yeah. stuff, you know. Garbage. <laughs> yeah, <it's> terrible music. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure uh, they wrote a song called Garbage, actually. Which one? Led Zeppelin. I was talking about the band. Oh, the band Garbage. I'm <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm just messing around. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, uh. My dad loves seeing that kind of shit. Like to him, yeah. like I, I, I was watching. Who was it? Um, I can't remember who it is. Who it was right now? Um, but it was a live performance of them, and it was Thirty Seconds of Mars. That's who it was. Okay. And I mean, they sound great. And I'm looking at the drummer and fucking arms flailing, just fucking, just rock, know, rock star shit. Rock star shit. Thirty seconds. Who's playing with them now? 
Uh, I don't. It's Jared Leto. I know who we all know who the front. Jared Leto's is, playing yeah. drums too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who the front person is. Nobody. I, I forget yeah. what the drummer's name is though. Yeah. Um. Anyways, he's putting on like a full show. It's just mm-hmm. arms flailing. My dad's like, you know, he's such a great drummer. I'm like, I mean, he is, but does he need to be doing all that though? And uh, he was like, well, yeah, that's how you get. That's how. That's how you get that sound. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how you get that sound. Like, I, I've seen plenty of guys that do quite literally a tiny fraction of movement that he's doing <laughs> that sound just like that. And uh, he was like, well, you know, it's all about the show. And, blah, blah. and so anyways, my point being is that there are a lot of uh, people, fans, and even musicians that don't come from, like, the more, uh, this it's all about the music kind of world, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. That do appreciate that kind of thing. So I agree with you. I think it's kind of a fucking waste of time. Like, why would you fucking do that? That makes no sense. I mean, I'm okay with being a showman, but that right there, what I just saw, <laughs> that that's not that's yeah, that's, that's Lewis uh, Cole. So I wanted to double that's down. Lewis. If you think it, if you think an eight foot symbol's there ridiculous, you go. what's he doing? He it's puts this symbol over here. <laughs> oh, what's he just throws and shoots it, at it? it with a Nerf gun? <laughs> that's fucking. Bro, the timing on just, that though. I mean, you gotta shoot a Nerf gun and make sure that you hit it. Right is that time. Lewis Cole? That yeah. is. Of course it is. This was at Halloween the thin, we the were thin there. Man. So uh, I, I that, watched him do this and he pulled it off. That knower? No, yeah, yeah this knower. Is the knower's wow. So yeah, I'm seven foot symbol doesn't seem so crazy. I'm gonna do one better. The next Calford show, you're gonna see just a symbol out on the floor somewhere. Yes, <laughs> Don't touch it. <laughs> just That's throw mine. It, just peg a drumstick <laughs> at it and hope it doesn't fucking hit yeah. anybody. Watch out, world. Yeah. Or you just do what Adam Kennaway did. Just toss the fucking drugs and just kill an old man. Just kill somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Love you, Adam. Sorry, bro. I don't know, man. Uh, The whole point of performing is to like be a performer. So I get it. You say you can say all you want about the like. Doesn't have to do that to get that sound, but like now you kind of do, don't you? No, you don't. You do do it to get that sound. You have to do it to put on a show, which I agree with. That's not what we're discussing. I agree with the showmanship, but that that seven foot tall symbol is just. I don't understand it. It's yeah. a good Personally, size. It's as a production guy. <laughs> seven foot. Like, you might as well just put it on a basketball hoop. And Think of that. the overheads for that drum set. I was just, <laughs> I, as soon as you said as a production oh, guy, I, I was like, yeah, the overhead situation must be a nightmare with that, actually. Yeah. But, you know, what are you going to do? And that was his only symbol. He had hi-hats and that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's what he, somebody one day, like, was like, oh, you're using the, the crash as a crutch, dude. And he's like, all right, you're right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. he, just, he, he just took it way too far. This dude, just, this dude just like t- took the meaning or took the term like reaching for the stars to a new level. Yeah. You know what? You're slightly ahead of the beat. Okay, I'll just put it further away. <laughs> <laughs> that will solve the problem. They, they they do even crazier stuff too. The uh, the guitarist, there's no keyboards in the band, just three guys, and then the guitarist also plays keys. But because he has a guitar like that, he found it hard to like go in front of it. So yeah. he has the keyboards like this, like facing up, and then he puts his arms down like that. You know what, Billy, I might be able to use that because Kick of the Brave, I have to switch from guitar to keys. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of people do that. Like Papadocio, the keyboardist, I'm oh, sorry, the uh, guitarist for Papadocio had keys that were like, yeah, like facing up this way. And it kind of looked like he was showing the people, but it's not. It's just so that he could reach over his guitar to play it. Hmm. Interesting. Function and fashion. So can you can you actually see the keys, though? Yeah, it's pretty dope, actually. That's, can he see the keys playing yeah, them? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah. 
But I mean, like, and I will like, fuck up if I can't see. That. No, I mean, it's, it's wild. No, no yeah, offense right? to him or anything. It's not like he's like you know playing piano, piano. Oh, I see. He's like padding stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, I got you. So it's it's not that difficult. It's still wild. On battles, you can't see shit. He just like it's like down to his knees too. It's ridiculous. What are some of the craziest things you guys have seen that performers do for the sake of performing that makes like no sense musically to do? Oh, you mean like while, while using an instrument? Yeah. Um, probably set it on fire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's I don't think true. that adds much sonic value. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I don't think anything actually tops that. That's probably the wildest thing that somebody could do. Jared, I've always wanted to set a, a, a baby grand piano on fire and play it to like Jerry Lee Lewis. Are you kidding me? That'd be mm-hmm. so dope. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. maybe you can get access to that when if you marry your 13-year-old cousin. Excuse me? <sighs> Yeah. Oh, you're not aware of that? No. Jerry Lee Lewis, uh, one of the great rock legends of our time, married his 13-year-old first cousin. Yep. It was I the think 50s. I, I know he married a young person, but I didn't know they were related. Yeah, they were very related. And uh, they stayed together the whole time. Good for them, you know. They were in love. Family. You got to stick with family. Family first. Family first. <laughs> <laughs> Where is he from? Double check. Is it Alabama? For sure, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even need to check that. You could just run that. It, this is an Alabama face. Yeah. Oh, no. Granted. Uh, yeah. Well. Sorry, Alabama. Yes, go go watch Great Balls of Fire with Dennis Quaid and Winona Ryder. It's a great movie, but it's creepy. Yeah. Hmm. I, how old was she when, when they made that movie, do you think? Winona? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's an old movie, right? 13. 13? Yeah. No, she wasn't 13. <laughs> they were going, for, they were going for, for the effect. It needed to be like a real 13-year-old. Dennis Quaid was already a creepy old man by that point, so. Just makes you think of the parent trap weird. I could have lived without hearing that, y'all. <laughs> Sorry. That's true. That is... Welcome to Bottom of the Dome. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Fucking lit. But yeah, going back to the instrument, the weirdest instrument, yeah. Uh, or like the weirdest thing you could do. Yeah. What about drummers who play upside down? I want. That's so dope. You know, Molly Crew, right? If you have yeah. the money to do it, do it. Yeah. You know? No, no, for sure. I'm just thinking like, I whether or not it's cool or stupid or amazing, just how much does it affect? Like, what what does it bring to the table musically? You know what I mean? Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And I feel like playing upside down has got to be the most, like, actually the hardest thing to do, other than your instrument being on fire to yeah. play. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm I can't gonna, imagine I'm going to put a, a like, a hornet's nest in your guitar and then try <laughs> to play it. That'd probably be pretty nuts. I got some <laughs> weird. There was a, there was a, a piano professor that oh yeah yeah that um she uh she would take half of a lemon and she would bring it with her and she would get the lemon juice on her fingers and then she would play piano like that and the idea was that the acid in the lemon juice would neutralize the oils that were left on the keys by other people playing she would do this every time and after the show you would find half of a lemon (laughs) wrapped up in a napkin on the piano and the keyboard of the piano would be coated in sticky lemon juice. Yeah, that's gross. What the fuck? Yeah, it was super weird. God. All for jazz, man. All for jazz, yeah. man. <laughs> Fucking makes zero sense. That same, that same woman also, she would bring her own monitor. It was her own specific monitor. And like she had a regular stage monitor for everything else, but she had a monitor that she brought, and she wanted an SM57 in the third hole of the frame of the grand piano. It had to be in there. And she would bring that with her every single time and that was the monitor for her piano sound and then everything else came through the stage monitor well, uh, where would that be on the sound spectrum 
What? In the middle? In the middle? Uh, I guess. Like, you know, I, sure. Like, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, in the, it's just in the frame of the piano. Like, it would get some stuff. I don't know. That's <laughs> very strange. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. It, not a good representation of the piano, yeah. in my opinion. But. That's wild. It was some weird shit, man. Um, I've, uh, uh, fuck, I was going to say something, I forgot. What What's the weirdest thing you've ever done? That's what I was trying to think of. But I haven't really, I don't really do weird shit. I though. played, I played a yeah. uh, uh, synthesizer with a uh, Obi Wan Kenobi lightsaber before. That was pretty dope. Oh, show. you did, and I crushed it. I was playing the Imperial March. I was like, yeah. you're doing like a jazz version, you're just hitting just random notes with it. Or you were actually hitting the actual notes. Now that now you're burning jazz on your own. Yeah, I did that. And if you want to do that, that's fine. <laughs> I'm always there. Nobody's safe, bro. You know what I mean? Jazz, jazz, fuck jazz. Anyways. Jazz does some stuff sometimes. It's kind of, you know, just because it can. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, but, who, but I feel like everything does that, though, too, you know? Yeah, anything John Cage did. Yeah. Yeah, dude just didn't play. Or didn't. Or didn't do. Did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the I, famous one, but Gene just reminded me of the time, like, you feed an electric guitar hay. Yeah. That was a piece right there. You remember that. I forgot to, like, water the piano, I think was another yeah, one. Yeah, that was a good one. I've uh, uh I, I've got another one actually. I remember doing a jam at um what was it called uh in in Fort Lauderdale like an open jam after a festival and some guy was playing a Marshall stack cranked up to eleven but just with a guitar pedal, no guitar. It was oh, just, you, I remember you telling me for that. One of those noise. No, yeah, he was a noise guy. Ugh. I don't understand that. Me neither. Do you? No. Do you guys get that? Am no. I missing something? No. I mean, obviously we all are because people like it, but I don't. It's, it's, it's just all about being like ironic. I think you know what I mean. It's not. It's I don't know. It's just a representation of irony. He was not being ironic. He was being awful, and we were so mad at him. You and see, he it, wouldn't leave. <laughs> you see a lot of that shit in South Florida, though. People do like weird. Like we had this. Uh, We'd have people come to like the open mics at at Churchill's. So on Mondays it would do jazz night, but then if you weren't a jazz player, you would just go to the back and like do acoustic stuff, you know, which is what I did. Mm-hmm. And people would come back there and just do weird shit. They one time just had like a didgeridoo band. And I'm not being like, I'm, thousand didgeridoos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that saying like like what that when they said that like I know people laughed at them. I was like, yeah, that that that's a thing. People say, people do that. <laughs> like, I've seen it. But like the Miami scene does like they got a lot of weird artsy shit like that. Huh. It's kind of cool, but it's also like this. This is just being ironic now, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but I want to say that I would love to see a jam band tr- interpretation of Four Thirty Five by John Cage. Just a three-hour <laughs> jam of no music. Wait, you, just jam, you just jam it. Yeah, you just fucking just three hours of that'd be like the ultimate troll. And like, imagine like headlining a Halloween set. Doing like a John Cage tribute, and you just do four thirty-five the whole time. You just different it's... players move to different parts of the stage to indicate solos. Yeah, <laughs> just silence. Yeah, like Booty Tang. Yeah, remember Booty Tang <laughs> when he came out with that album? <laughs> it was like silence. John Cage. <laughs> <laughs> I'd fucking that'd be amazing. <laughs> so boring. Yeah, that's the point though. It's like a troll. You know what I mean? I don't think anybody would stay around. Yeah, it's it's those extra two seconds that get you. I love to be a sound guy on that one, though. <laughs> so it's those the, the two seconds really kind of. That's the jam. Really, yeah. that's jam. <laughs> that's the stretch section. It's improv, bro. <laughs> um, I had a point and I forgot it. 
Uh, I've been asking everybody this question lately, mm-hmm. and Billy and I have vastly different. Oh, opinions for fuck's sake, we're still like we're what? doing this. You know what? <laughs> DJ, <laughs> DJ Seven, DJ Seven had a great. That was a great question that he asked, and I think that we should ask everybody that question. Uh-huh. If there's one decade that you had to eliminate from music, what would it be? Give him the time from the fifties yeah, to now. From the fifties to now? Yeah, that's hard. I mean, cause. Does it have to be like a multiple of ten? Can yes. it be like, oh shit. Can it, it be like, like fifty-five to sixty-five? No. Nope. <laughs> no. We're gonna have like, we're gonna have some casualties. I know. And that's okay. We that's a just... lot of good early st- this, man. I would just just fifties. Fifty to sixty. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's kinda what I'm gravitating. Yeah. Because I mean, the '60s, you still had like the heavy jazz hitters still alive, pretty much. You also had the whole British invasion, and you had like, I mean, the whole hippie movement, like you know Woodstock and all that stuff. I mean, like that. That's it. Everyone can. I think most people can agree that the '60s are a cultural cornerstone Mm -hmm. that can't be touched. Just get get to your point. The point is that the '80s can. Go fuck itself. The eighties, no, bro. Yeah, thank you. Finally, don't name like. Don't you're talking name, to like, a synthesizer, man. Oh, right? yeah. I know. I, that is the golden era. That's yeah. why this conversation's so fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get rid of Gary Newman. Can't fuck you, okay, okay, you've named one person, and and everyone else that we've talked about. I'd Gary say, Newman. What about Randy Newman? What about Rand- <laughs> Randy Newman? <laughs> what about Randy Newman? Got- yeah. I really and, hope and, Randy Newman started in the seventies or something. And, <laughs> and I when, won't get rid of Randy Newman in RP, man. When's he getting canceled for short people? Randy I'm Newman? Just saying. Is he still alive? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think so. Get, you just gotta check uh check all the Disney people. movies. He does a lot of work with them. He does yeah, he's uh I'm pretty sure they're making another Toy Story soon where he'll just do that whole soundtrack again. Actually his brother, I think, did one of the other soundtracks. His brother does scores too. Really? Well, he did a soundtrack for Toy Story also? No, I think he did, like, Nemo or something. Oh, that just wasn't Another as good. Another Pixar. Yeah, they couldn't get Randy. So <laughs> it wasn't as good. I mean, you know, <laughs> Is he care. dead? I thought he was no, dead. He's, he's, he's still alive. Uh, uh, but, yeah, no, 80s are amazing. Yeah, they, they had some good stuff. But, they, had, you know. they had incredible stuff. So you like the 50s more than the 80s? Yeah, 100%. Just like, like I mean, Chuck Elvis Berry. And stuff? I, I love Elvis, too, but Chuck Berry, Little Richard... I mean, yeah, Elvis Presley was also amazing. Um, Jerry Lee Lewis, you know, regardless of his... Well, wait, just talk about that. (laughs) Whatever, Michael Jackson did old kids. Are you going to stop listening to his music? Yeah, that's true. Um, So, (laughs) uh, R. Kelly, you know, did what he did. (laughs) I I was, I was waiting. Yeah, people still jam out to Ignition, I'm just saying. It's a great song, song. I love that song. Uh, There's amazing artists in the 50s, and it kind of set the... the, the, uh, the platform or set stage for the 60s you know what i mean mm-hmm. which the 60s would would and without the 60s we'd be nowhere right now yeah it's, it's annoying too because what he'll do is like i'll be uh saying like oh i love this band like van halen is my favorite and it's like that's actually 70s i'm like yeah man. yeah especially all the stuff that people love by van halen's like you know late 70s no i know it's, yeah. and there's by one year, well, seventy nine. Doesn't matter. That's what we. That's what we said, right? That's right. There's got to be a little bit of a blur between the like. I'll just give like one year away. Nope. Nope. You can't do it. Can't do it. Yeah. It's if I did that, then Pink Floyd would have to go too, because I'm pretty sure. Uh, was it the the Wall came out in like November of seventy nine? Oh 
Oh, yeah? Yes. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. damn. Can't dude. do it. I was about to say, because that's pretty 80s. You think about it a little bit. It's not, it doesn't sound 70s, like 80s. So. 70s yeah. got some good shit. Oh, 70, 70s is like, to me, 60s, 70s are like, you know, that's, that's the order of it. Then 50s, and then 90s, and then early 2000s, and then now, and then uh, the 80s. Don't even get on the list. Yeah, because I'm just like, what about Wait a minute, was the early 2000s a choice that I had? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. All up until now. Fuck that. Yes. All That's the way. Know. 50s <laughs> can come back. No. I wouldn't want to live in the 50s, but it can come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why, why is that? Uh, you know. Yeah. I like to use any bathroom I like. <laughs> I like to drink out of any water fountain I like. <laughs> <laughs> right, well. um, so, yeah, you know, I... I don't agree with you, but I can respect that opinion uh, on the early 2000s. What's uh, in the early 2000s? Like, Little John? What you like? Well, um... <laughs> Lil Wayne? That's what he likes. It's, I, do <laughs> like, I, I do like Lil Wayne from, like, the Hot Boys era. Lil Wayne is dope, and that was early 2000s. Justin mm-hmm. Bieber, uh, 1000s, too, right? That's t- 2010s. For mm-hmm. It was, like, 2011 or 2012 when he got discovered. When was Baby? I feel like that's the, I think mm-hmm. it's... I, I think, think he might have been in that before the decade. Yeah. Let's, let's find that out. Like 06? No, not 06. 2010. Really? Yeah. Right on the cusp. Right on the cusp. So he's gone. Uh, oh, I guess he's still here. But um, <laughs> uh, there was uh, from early 2000s stuff. I mean, yeah, I could probably agree with that too. But I have such, such a disdain for the 80s. Because <laughs> what? What? Yeah, and then he'll put on like... Yeah, what, what do we do? Uh, Wait a minute. You so, put on like thriller. one like an Egyptian and I'll put all... Yeah, <laughs> thriller? but Thriller's out. That's right. Yeah, so we Billy... had some casualties, guys. Billy but Michael Jean. Jackson had some great stuff in the 70s, too. Yeah, he had Off the Wall. It was a great and album. also, Jackson 5 was dope, so I'm just saying. Oh, my like, God. Well, look at... Um, what, uh, we were... When we were on the road a few you think weeks 70s ago. think 70s Prince is better, too. Oh, for sure. That's ridiculous. First two records. It's so better. wrong, man. Well, it depends what... Uh, if you like the... Uh, I like Controversy. Okay, that's fine, but it's so cheesy. No, I just like talking about controversy. Yeah, he's like, oh, is that a Prince album? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Purple Rain, dude. You know, it's great. Whatever. It's all good stuff. So we're gonna have some casualties here, guys. I'm talking about just just overall, it was put out in the era and the overall vibe, and also '70s Prince, his self-titled record that came out, I think '78, was amazing. Mm, it's, like more like, it's more like Stevie Wonder though, which I like. You know, what I mean, like like '70s Stevie Wonder yeah. stuff. It's more like that, you know. I like um, the cohesion of Purple Rain, though. Yeah, yeah it's, it's great, but I mean, come on, it's so cheesy. I don't know, man. <laughs> Some good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fuck, what, I was going to say something else. Like, oh, right. So we were on the road a few weeks ago, and we were coming home, mm-hmm. and... You were drunk, and I was driving. I was driving. hammered, and <laughs> Billy was driving, and I was like, yeah, it's fucking... We had the same conversation. I was like, you know what, bro? I got you. I'm putting on some fucking dope 80s music. I start putting on like whip it. <laughs> and, like, I was like, oh, bro, I got, I got we'll put on, we'll put on uh, the go go's. I got you. So we got the beat. It's just like all these terrible, cheesy, cheesy like ice cream shop music. Yeah. <laughs> like, and obviously the 80s has better stuff than that, but I was being a dick. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, then I put on like, well, I got you. I'll put on some 60s music and put on like, you know, um, Sergeant Peppers and shit. It was the greats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. It was just, it was, we were having fun. Yeah. I was having fun. I Billy pulled, was the, I pulled that ox cord out like four times. <laughs> yeah. Stop Just it. Put that bitch right back in. Yeah. We're listening to fucking Devo, bro. That's <laughs> it. Put on hot Listen to the depth. Yeah. The lyrical depth. Yeah. <laughs> that drum solo from Hoffer, Hoffer Teacher is like one of the 
most epic fucking things of all time. Yeah, I said we have some casualties, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so I think this is the time to go to unpopular opinions. All right. All right. Yeah, for sure. And this segues pretty well because, uh, believe it or not, yesterday I watched Top Gun for the first time. No, wait. Yeah. No, stop, Billy. I know. Billy, hold I on. Swear to God. Billy, let me just tell you this. That was my topic. I swear to God. No way. It was going to be that I don't like it. Are you serious? Yes. No I way. Swear to God. I've been thinking about this for years. Wow. You that, guys are just. My, that's my unpopular opinion is that it's, well, I guess it's not unpopular, but. He's in the band now. Oh, He's nice. The... <laughs> just... That was it. You just signed the blood pack. Calford and Kika, uh, Kika the Brave just got fucking a keyboard mm-hmm. player. Yeah. But I, I really, I, I watched it like, it is just. So... It's, it's just, dry. It's so bad. Like, I don't know why people love it so much. That soundtrack is hilarious to me. That's crazy, I laugh, Billy. I swear to God, I was thinking about that all day. I laughed so many times. They, they'll just be like, okay, we're going to get back to the plane again. Well, what song should we do? Like, obviously, Kenny Loggins. Bow, we don't bow, have a choice. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> and then, yeah, take my breath away. <laughs> they play, they, they've spent so much money on footage from uh, the Navy that they couldn't afford a soundtrack. So they have five songs in the movie. And it's just the uh, take my breath away. <laughs> this, they say the word Top Gun so many times. Like, it's Top Gun is a school. They say Top Gun, Top Gun. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. I, it's not that it's bad. It's just, I don't, I don't get why people love it so much. This is crazy that Billy had. That was my. Is that really that what you're about I swear, Billy. That's crazy. I swear. One of you guys now has to think of a new one because. I ha- I actually have one too, uh, uh, a different one because uh, uh, you guys were talking about it. But I think uh, smooth jazz is better than re- uh, normal Get jazz. Get the fuck <laughs> out, right, man! Now you're just getting crazy. Now you're just reaching. Smooth jazz makes sense to me. I can like digest it. Yes, it's all diatonic. Yeah, smooth brain. Yeah, they just put fucking octaves over over major scales and call it jazz, or over the pentatonic scale and call it jazz. Well, yeah. it has the word jazz in it, so I kind of I do like jazz. My professor <laughs> at uh, jazz. You hated Kenny G with a burning passion. I think everybody isn't does. he coming here soon? I would love to go see. You should probably uh, buy tickets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. coming up. Maybe up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh, maybe the Florida Theater sponsors to get you some tickets on that. Or is it Eventbrite? I don't, I don't know. know. Uh, but I, I I just thought that's hilarious. The thing to say. But yeah, smooth. But I like jazz, but only if it's smooth. Yeah, <laughs> that is very unpopular. Yeah, because there's not. Uh, I don't think one jazz. What's the name person. of that song? The Never Gonna Dance Again. That song? Shut the fuck up. I fucking love it. That's smooth jazz. Yeah, well, just a saxophone song. No. no. Careless Whispers? <laughs> Careless Whispers. Thank you. That's not smooth jazz. Yeah, yeah it is. Billy. The saxophone jazz. If it has a saxophone, it's jazz. All right. Billy, yeah, well, Billy also thinks that any song that's a saxophone in it sounds like the SNL intro. That is true. So. Uh, <laughs> It's, sh- it's just a little bit, it's either it's slower or faster than the SNL intro. You can show him a cold train too, say, yeah, it sounds like SNL to me, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's not really how I feel about jazz music. That's how I feel about soul music, honestly. Oh uh, my goodness. It just keeps going. No, I just don't think that jazz, jazz doesn't really sound like that, in my opinion. Oh, you're, are you saying soul music sounds like that across the board? No, I'm saying like a lot of times I'm like, oh yeah, it sounds kind of a little like Saturday Night Live. Yeah, it doesn't though, right? The only thing, the only thing that I will give you... <laughs> Credit for on that is the intro to the chicken, Jocko's version. The intro to that sounds like the SNL intro for sure. That, but, yeah. Other than that, but not say that in front of Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I've said a lot of things in front of Jeremy over the last few weeks. 
And uh, it's been a pleasure going down those rabbit holes, I will say. <laughs> I don't care, man. Like, I just, uh, that's smooth jazz is better than real jazz. Whatever. Oh. So Saturday Our, Night Live. You know, it's not real. I'm going to say from now on, rough jazz. You like rough jazz? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you're big into. I like my jazz. Like, like Miles Davis? Just like, I'm not really, <laughs> not really into rough jazz, that sandpapered sound. I don't want to like that. Yeah, I like that X lax smooth jazz. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Which is, it's funny because like, because like Miles Davis would be like a more palatable version. You know, he's more modal and and versus like the bebop players, like you know, Charlie Parker and people like that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's funny that you would call that rough jazz. And, I, and you know, I'm being facetious. Of course, it's just funny to say. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> um. All right. So yeah, I'll what's do, yours, bud? My unpopular opinion is that um, Paul Walker. Be careful. Yeah, man. Be careful. There's a lot of fans that will kill it. Like, more than Dave Matthews fans. fans. One of the worst actors of our time. Oh, well, at least he doesn't have to make any more movies, right, guys? Oh, <laughs> man. And I thought Anton was going to <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, is it he's a bad actor or he just had to play in bad movies? No. Well, I mean, you play in bad movies because you're a bad actor. No, no you're, only, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And who's he co-starring with? Jessica Alba sometimes. Vehicle Vin- identification Vinny- number Diesel. Yeah, Vinny D. Vin, Vinny for D. short. <laughs> I mean, The Babysitter was a great movie. Oh. <laughs> I was joking. Um, no, no. Paul Walker's terrible, bro. What made you think that he's terrible? Well, there's a scene I can I can tell you exactly what from, the scene from was. From Fast and Furious? Yeah, yeah. Oh. When he was walking with Tyrese. Front, like they were in Barstow. And he was pick- and I think it was Too Fast, Too Furious. He's picking him up, and... He's they're, they're they're like arguing about something or whatever, and then Paul Walker just goes like "Nah, cuh," and some shit. Like that. And I was like, <laughs> "He didn't write was, he the, didn't write the script." I, but it's about the the delivery, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like that was cringy. And then and then somebody was like, "Got it." You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like we got that take. Where you nailed that. <laughs> if he was capable of doing better, they wouldn't have let him get away with that. How did he pass away? <laughs> that's, our, that's that's the definition of irony. Too fast, too furious. Is it, was it a car yeah. accident? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, you did. I really didn't. Mm-hmm. I could. Yeah, you're I, only I dark kinda, over here. Yeah. Sorry. I really didn't know. <laughs> um. Was well, do I need another unpopular opinion? Since we well, Billy did another one, but if you if you want to do another one too, you can feel free. Uh, I don't know because I thought that one would like that's crazy. Bring down that. the house. No, because I actually haven't seen that movie, so. Yeah. You haven't seen Top Gun? Par for, par for the course yeah. of mine, apparently. Sarah, my wife, she tried to show it to me a few years ago, and it was just like, I fell asleep. I was like, this is the driest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's also, you got, like, the time, what was it, like, 70s when it was made? <laughs> it was in 80s. Fuck yeah. <laughs> 84. Did we delete it? it? 84, 84. Yeah, yeah, so the 80s has delete a good track that. record. Delete that. Yeah, well, you know, let's get rid of the whole thing, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, say if there's one spoiled apple, sometimes it's got to go. The whole bunch has got to go, right? Yeah, and I got, like, some Air Force and Navy friends that are going to see this. Oh, Sorry, yeah. y'all. Sorry, Sean. Sorry, all the bro well guys. But I don't like it. <laughs> don't like the movie. Y'all seen Tarantino's take on it? I saw this video recently. He was talking about how he thinks it's a allegory uh, for a man figuring out he's gay. Yes, 100%. Mm. It's like, yeah, it's Maverick a, is gay. It's a little Ice gay. It's like it's symbolically like being gay. See, I never got that far, man. I fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> and I was done. I fell asleep for allegation. <laughs> that, whole, that whole beach volleyball scene, like, what was that about? 
I don't Yo, know. You haven't seen you about. haven't seen it. I'm so just saying see, you guys are just saying things to me right now. I, I watched it for the first time yesterday. I was like, I'm finally gonna sit down and watch this. I don't know how I've gotten this, but I guess you proved me wrong that you can go even longer without seeing it. Yeah, I mean you can go long without I've never seen the Matrix either. We know that. Oh uh, man. You yeah. you dig that one. I've tried watching it and I've He's, fallen asleep. Really? Yeah. Uh, you haven't seen Alien or Aliens or Predator? No. I don't like sci fi stuff. What about the Terminator? You haven't seen Predator either? No. Any of them? Terminator. I saw Terminator when I was a kid. The T2 saw, or the first one? I saw all three of them. There's six of them now. But Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> D2 is the best. Yeah, I agree Oh, yeah. That. James Cameron. Raise the bar. But then, yeah, I don't like sci-fi, so whatever. You know, like, mm. I, I, here's the thing is that I like the concept of what they're doing, but something about it being fictional takes it away. It takes, takes the whole thing away. I love reading about like new discoveries and physics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But when when they're trying to portray it in a movie, I can't believe it. It's like this isn't. You well, know. you gotta watch it because they always come out with that stuff later. I know that's why yeah. I've started to learn as I've gotten older, right? But mm-hmm. for a long and 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 I'm and I've got to like you know be better about about it now. But when I was younger, that was the way I thought about it, and I just. Yeah. I've gotten stuck in my ways, but I have to like go back and start watching stuff because I found that exactly to be true, actually. So, yeah. The Matrix, you'll dig that. That's cool. Yeah. It's all philosophy. Plato. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Plato. Did you, uh, do you like Star Trek at all? When I was a kid, I did, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's boring. Well, that's like supposed to, well, obviously the science isn't like 100%, but it's supposed to be like trying to be science, scientific. Yeah. I liked Star Wars more than Star Trek. What about, did you see a 2001 Space Odyssey? Uh, no, but I do need to see that. That one's good. Mm. That's like that's like one of the best of all time. It's and also it's, a special effects thing, and the acting in those movies was often pretty terrible. That that movie mm-hmm. though is like historically known as the most boring movie of all time. But I I've, yeah. I've seen it like twenty times. I love that movie. Really? I played the piece in orchestra when I was in high school. Yeah, yeah the, the famous timpani oh, yeah. part. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, that was your that? boy. Yeah. How uh, how difficult was that for you to learn? <laughs> not very. You know? <laughs> I'm pretty sure my three year old could probably nail that. Part. I'm pretty sure I could read that the sheet music for that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, I got two drums here. There's two notes. Yeah. 50 50. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> on that note, Elon, it's been a pleasure having you, having you on, man. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for doing this. So uh, crazy. We had the same opinion. That's so weird. We didn't talk about it. It's not rehearsed. I know, that's it was crazy. Rehearsed. You guys talked about it. I saw it happen. Oh, Don't fucking lie to you. I, uh, did you see? Y'all can roll it back and see the shock on my face. Yeah. That's legit. Oh, well, you know what we can do is we can send this we in. We were both like, yeah, fuck that movie. <laughs> we can send this in to one of those uh, people on YouTube that analyze the body language to see if it was real or not. Oh, it'll be real, 100%. Do you, see, you saw they did that about the Will Smith thing? Oh, to see if it was faking out the slap. And they were analyzing the body language on, on Chris Rock's reaction and Will Smith's leading up to the thing and then after, i was like there's this is an hour-long youtube video and people are watching that shit that's wild to me don't get me started on that well stuff. what's the verdict but who gives a fuck it's an hour-long video on body language trying to de- decipher whether or not this, this thing was real it two two people on national television had an altercation who gives a fuck so stupid. But right? it's kind of, but it's not just two people like Will <clears throat> Smith and Chris Rock. But if it like, wasn't them, it wouldn't be a thing. People get pissed yeah, all the time. That's the whole point. Yeah, that's why it was so famous. It's more people, dumb. America, if you're listening, more people need to get bitch slapped. Yeah. I, like. uh, I, I agree with that too, but maybe not, it doesn't matter. It's, it, it's irrelevant. The, the conversation, people have like had their lives taken over by this thing. I don't even want to talk about it right now. We're taking up time doing this. Mm-hmm. Anyways. 
It's been awesome having you on, bro. <laughs> Thank Cheers. you guys so much. Hell yeah. Catch you later. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome Adios. back to season four, by the way. Yeah, we're back. Adios, muchachos.